What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. I was very confused. I didn't fully listen to Barrett's explanation of how we would be live. <laughs> I was like, nothing's <laughs> playing. And then he's like, you're live. I'm like, ah, I'm stupid. We are, we are now live. Joining us live is Blessing Adeoye Jr., the new face of video games. It's me. What's up? And for the final time as a full-time member Ooh. of the kind of funny guy, the former informer, soon to be the former, I don't know, kind of funny guy. I don't have any, like, rhyme. Former funner? Funner? Yeah, the, the former funner. Uh, <laughs> He'll Imran take a bite Khan. out of fans. Uh, what? Like McGruff like, the Crime Dog? Yeah, McGruff the he take a bite yeah. out of crime, but he's going to uh-huh. fan bite, so he takes a bite out of fans. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. No, okay. I got cool. it immediately. Oh, I was just like, yeah, all right. good. Guys, I just had a couple of Oreos. You got to wait for him to kick in, and then I'll be better. <laughs> Imran, for those that are listening to this and are shocked, what is happening? Uh, I am starting a new full-time job at fanbite.com, building out their news site-ish, and... I can't really do that in KF at the same time, at least as a regular contributor. So this is my last week at kind of funny with on the games cast and KFGD. So there you go. It's been it's been awesome, everybody. Round of applause for the con. Go follow him. What's your Twitter? Imran Z-O-M-G. Yeah, go check that out. Find all the shenanigans he's up to. I'm sure he's gonna be back a whole <laughs> bunch. It just isn't gonna be all the time. But yeah, you will be able to find us here all the time right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games where each and every week we come together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them you can watch the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com you can also listen to it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast if you want to get the show ad free with the exclusive post show and be able to watch it live as we record it you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like our Patreon's producers did. So many of them, Graham of Legend, David Mintel, Trevor Starkey, Elliot, Patrick Higgins, James Hastings, Katie Gallagher, Gallagher, uh, Sancho West Gaming, Shy Jackson Burgess, Alex J. Sandoval, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Man Bear Paradox, Talia Floyd, Civilian Soldier, Mizuki, Trent Berry, Kevin Bogues, Joy, Joseph o. Yusuf, Tyler Ross, Jesse the Decrepit, James Davis, and the Nanobiologist did. Thank all of you for being super damn awesome. Today we're brought to you by Honey, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, I want to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. But even before that, I want to talk about something that I haven't played, but I saw for the first time a couple days ago, and I want to share this with you. Because there's this game called Steel Assault that looks awesome. Barrett, if you could please play a little bit of this trailer. Okay, this is kind of what I assume by the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 2D sprite-based anime mech stuff. Oh yeah. my god. That, that Yo, this soundtrack is Kizama. fucking lit, though. That main character is hot. So there's two, two standout things about this that I appreciate. One is the soundtrack, which I hope the actual game uses. Because I feel it like we don't, you don't... You don't make this promise. But that's the thing. is a lot, of, a lot of times, like I, even with uh, Cyber Shadow... I feel like a lot of the trailers you use music like this, but then you listen to it, it it's it's all chiptune stuff. I like that this is kind of more of a butt rock chiptune hybrid going on. Sure. Uh, but the other cool thing is gameplay wise, I've never seen this mechanic that they use here where he kind of has like a zip line, but it's like on both arms. So it's kind of like Spider-Man style uh, hanging on to things. And it, he's it's not doing it here. 
No, no, yeah, it was earlier in the thing, right? But it's kind of like a uh, Batman, like in the '89 Batman oh, when yeah. you shot that little thing out. Yeah, yeah and it, it's it looks like it's a big part of the gameplay here, where you're you jumping, can do it vertical it. or diagonal or like over big uh, chasms right there, as you can see. Can you go back Steel to like, the elevator soul. part, Barrett? This is clearly like Mega Man Zero inspired, and it's awesome. Yeah, like Mega Man Zero is like a fucking amazing game, so I'm glad for that. Yeah, right here. Thanks for that, Barrett. But yeah, you can see it here. I love the idea of like the elevator kind of moving as you're, <laughs> yeah, you're holding really on, cool. having to jump in and do all that. Anyways, just saw this trailer come up on my Twitter. I'm like, this looks rad. So wanted to share that with with my friends here. So I like to yeah, thank you. I do like 2021. That. Yeah, the 2021 for this. Yeah. How do y'all feel about fake CRT lines? I usually don't like it, but mm-hmm. I feel like if the style of the game is kind of built around it. I, I can vibe with it. And this kind of seems like it's part of the aesthetic built in as opposed to just, oh, let's put the filter on top. For me, it's like, I think it would be different if I weren't so used to what real CRT lines were. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they approximate it, but it doesn't quite look right. Like, you need that level of, like, kind of blurriness and that certain light you get from CRTs that you don't get from, like, the, the emulation of it. So yeah. like if they could if they could actually do that, which I don't think they can, I don't think it's actually possible. But if they could <laughs> actually do that, then I'd be like, yeah, I'll turn that shit on all the time. But usually when it's on, I'm like, eh, I just rather see the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that this has kind of like a Genesis look to it. Yeah, you know, it's got like a really a, really cool art style. Yeah, because we we get a lot of NES things, we get a lot of SNES things, but I like that this one seems a bit more Genesis. Uh, anyways, while we look, that's us looking to the future a little bit, 2021. But now I want to go way back to God knows what the 1600s. Blessing, you've been playing Clue. Yeah, <laughs> I have been that? playing Clue. Yeah, the board game invented in the 1600s. Is that the 1600s. is correct. That checks uh-huh. out. The that yeah, they're all about Clue back in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, I got hit up yesterday by the homie uh, Abby Russell, and she was like, hey, I'm doing a stream. Me and some friends are playing Clue if you went in. And I was like, I've never played Clue before, but why not? That sounds like a fun time. Uh, and so basically there is a version of Clue that's available on Steam. That is, it's called Clue slash Cluedo, the world detective game, whatever it's called. Uh, apparently, in the UK, they call it Cluedo because yes. it's Clue plus Ludo, Ludo being the word for game, Cluedo. And so if you ask people in the, in, in the UK, hey, do you want to play some Clue? They're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they actually say like, no, Cluedo. It's a whole thing. It's wild. Uh, The UK's so dumb. Yeah, right? (laughs) No wonder we were able to beat him. USA, 1776. Remember that? If if Lucy walks uh, in the background, ask her if she knows about Clue. I bet you she'll she'll have no idea what you're talking about. She'll have no clue. She'll have no clue. Uh, But yeah, like we, I I hopped on, and um, it's only 12 bucks on Steam, so I bought it. And the, 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 the interesting thing that stuck out to me, first and foremost, was that it has expansion packs with different uh like locations a bunch of different character packs there's like a sherlock pack there's like an egyptian pack there's like a whole bunch of different types of expansion packs for the game and these packs cost money like right now if you if you go go in the game if you want to get i forget which which expansion it is specifically but there's a certain expansion that uh is selling for half price and at half price it is 35 dollars oh my the god st- yeah, the actual microtransactions. <laughs> oh Ladies my and gentlemen from GameSpot.com, it's the one and only Lucy James. How are you, Lucy? <laughs> Hi, I'm okay. One second, let me unmute. Can someone say something? Wow, 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 wow. There you go. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. I gave you a great oh, intro. I want you to know that. Uh, oh, Blessing, has a, Blessing has a question for you. <laughs> Lucy James, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Blessing. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How much do you know about the game Clue? Pluto. 
Yes, Cluedo. Um, I've played it. I saw the movie Clue uh, last year. Last year? I, I, last year? Yeah. It was, was that on, when you and, know, realized that your country is backwards and that why are they putting a do, a do, do at the end of it? It's Clue. Cluedo. Cluedo's just nicer to say. Is yeah. it? Is it nicer yeah. to say? Yeah. Seems no, like he's wasted a lot I of don't time. have that kind of time. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't think Cluedo, Cluedo's like a great name. So when did you realize that, or did you always know that Clue was the version in America versus Cluedo in the UK? I think I, I learned it through osmosis or something through maybe a American sitcom or something. Mm. Okay, mm. that's fair. But we mm. always called it. We've always called it Cluedo. Now, do wow. you do you know why they call it Cluedo? No, because basically, <laughs> <laughs> I hate I hate blessing having to explain this. <laughs> it's it's a combination of the words Clue and Ludo. Ludo being like the word or the the word for like a game, right? It's like the Clue game. Mm-hmm. Cluedo. A really play cool on thing. Clue and Ludo. Ludo being Latin for I play and a common British for term for the game Parcheesi. Wait, y'all call oh, Parcheesi yeah, Ludo? What the fuck is wrong with you British people? Jesus. In fairness, Parcheesi's nonsense too. Like, yeah, is that like a, so a weird If I want to talk in Latin over there, I'm like Ludo Ludo and you'd be like, oh, this guy plays Parcheesi. That's what he just said. Parcheesi sounds like a too. thing you put on pasta. It is not like a, a thing Parcheesi you call does like sound it. tasty. Thank you. Hmm? That's why I like the name. <laughs> but yeah, Parcheesi sounds foodie. It doesn't sound yes. like a game to me. Yeah. I don't honestly I don't actually know what game Parcheesi or <laughs> yeah, I don't is. Fucking know. Yeah, what the Okay, I'm going to Parcheesi is like uh like a very old version of like sorry essentially almost. It's yeah. a it's oh, an American sorry. adaptation of the Indian cross and circle board game Parcheesi. It was published by Parker Brothers and they changed it to Parcheesi. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Just like, like well, this is too hard to say. Fuck it. Let's just change the yeah. word. We're American. <laughs> oh well, Lucy. Thank you for your contributions. <laughs> Lucy, if you ever want to play Clue or Cluedo, holler at me because it's the new wave. Everybody, all the cool kids are playing Clue now. I'm talking. I'm telling. I'm telling all the guys about we're, it. Right we're now. Uh, we're planning on doing uh, streaming it next week, aren't we, Bless? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Bear oh, were talking about this last me. night. We want to stream some Clue. Hell yeah. Get me in. I, I yeah. Enjoy Clue. Cluedo. But I'll call it Clue just for you. Just for Thank you. Blessing. Thank you. Bye. I appreciate it. $12 Bye. on Steam right now. Bye, Bye Lucy. See, Monopoly, Monopoly always gets this bad rap for being the game nobody finishes. I feel that was always Clue. Where you really went no. through all the little toys and all the cards and stuff, and you put it in the, and you're just like, oh, this sucks. Let's stop. Well, Let's go that's what's that's what's so great the about the, the Steam version is that it's automated, and so the, sure. the matches go go by way quicker. It's still like... Sure. 45 minutes probably for a game but that's way quicker than i imagine it is if you're playing on an actual yeah. board game and actually taking sure. the notations yourself and doing all that so um, uh before you go blessing i looked mm. up the season pass content season pass itself is 35 dollars. or i'm sorry uh yeah 35 dollars 42 with the game right the the season pass contents are classic theme sherlock theme egyptian adventure theme international character pack hollywood theme Vampire theme, Snowy Peaks theme, Murder Express theme, which actually sounds real cool, uh, <laughs> Tropical Mystery theme, Wild West theme, and Masquerade theme. Do they have the Simpsons version in there? They do not. Damn, because that was the pl- that was the version I played with a lot as a kid. Was the Simpsons clue? It was really cool. When I when I tell you that I paid three dollars to play as Jim Moriarty from Sherlock, 
That is a true story. I saw Jim Moriarty <laughs> from Sherlock yesterday, and I was like, oh, you know what, man? I Gotta watched the Sherlock it. show. I'm such a big fan. He, like When he walks into the pool, he, or in like the pool building or whatever, he's like, I'm Jim Moriarty. I was like, I love this guy. And, and I this, saw him in the This is my man. I got to have him. I got to have my boy. Yeah, that's why I bought him yesterday. Have you ever seen the Clue movie? No, I'm not. I'm not seen it. I'm interested okay. in watching it. I like Knives Out a lot, and so I, I haven't thing. seen it either. And let me blow your what goddamn mind. F- what? Hold off. How neither? Tim, what? That is such a you okay. movie. We gotta stop doing this every movie. I know. No, who's watching Clue? Every time. No, it, you know, okay. it, again, blessing. It's not surprising for you because I weirdly only watch it because yeah. of my dad. But Tim. Yeah, it's a very we Tim all have movie. Dads. <laughs> But uh, like you're closer to like my dad's age than I am, you know. So like, you're fucking <laughs> oh, old, Tim. You That's old what I'm fucker. saying. I'm just saying you're old, dude. Come on. <laughs> but so so bless the key thing here that I didn't fucking believe when Greg and Nick told me is that when this movie came out in theaters, it had multiple endings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, with different yeah. people w- like win. That is the coolest thing I've ever freaking heard. <laughs> and the movie did not make enough money to justify all that. Wait, hold on, no. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I hate to burst your bubble, but like. You understand they show all the alternate endings. It's not like every different. You like went on a Monday and they showed you one ending. You went on a Tuesday, no. they showed you a different ending. That's not what Wikipedia say. Oh, really? The way the I understand it screening, is they, sh- they show different reels. Sh- yeah, they'd be shown one of three endings. All yes. three are included oh. in the home media release. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. See, I'm I am I am not nearly class. as old as Nick, so I'm just letting you know that I only <laughs> ever watched Clue on a VHS at like, Mike Boylan's house. Do audiences know this when they're going into the movie, or did was there a thing where everybody went home and then they talked to their friends about Clue and they're like, "Well, it's it's wild how it ended like this," and the other person's like, "That's not how it ended." I mean, I don't think I don't think enough people saw the movie when it first came out <laughs> to have that conversation, but that could have happened because I'm looking at this. It had a That's 15 million dollar budget and its box office didn't even make that back. Could you imagine if like a Marvel th- like movie had like a different post credit scene depending on like region and like granted the I'll internet would ruin that immediately, but like it would be cool in like the 90s. Yeah, well, that's totally. my that's that's my thing that um I so when Wonder Woman 1984 came out. Like I was having conversations with friends. Like I was having conversations with Belinda and Yusef basically and we were talking about how, yeah, like we really viscerally dislike this movie. We look <laughs> on Twitter and there are other people that really love the movie. And I posed the idea of what if as just a social experiment, HBO Max was like, hey, we're releasing two different Wonder Woman movies. One of them is going to be a masterpiece and the other one's going to suck just to see what happens. I love that idea that like Clue, that that could have happened actually with the Clue movie. But, but Well, just so you know, I mean, like, like we're hoping that that's what happens and Greg gets what he wants. He gets your bad Justice League and then he gets the good Justice League. So we'll see. There's how no this way well, this can be worse. There's no way this can be worse. So we're getting now. a good Justice League. I wasn't <laughs> wrong about Batman v Superman. I won't be wrong about this. There's mm-hmm. an extra hour. He wasn't of, wrong. That can be worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, screenshot of Joker. Whedon fucking put in there. And don't tell me that screenshot doesn't look dope as fuck. In the it nightmare, doesn't. we're finally going to see Joker talk to Batman. Yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it but, doesn't. Uh, wow, doesn't. Joker okay. talking to Batman, finally. I really don't That's need to see more That's never happened other media. Plus, what, do you, what else you got for me on, on, on Clue? That it? You just having a okay. good time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I had a great time. That was the thing that surprised me the most is last night as I was playing, right? I bought Jim Moriarty, played as him, did all that, all that fun stuff. Um, I, it was my first time playing Clue. Like, I, was, I was very vaguely aware of the, the rules of Clue. Like, I knew it was you trying to figure out who did the murder, where, and, and with what, and all that stuff. But I didn't actually understand the way that the game was actually played. And it took it definitely took some time to, for all of us who were playing to actually really understand the rules because 
the way in which it's, it's presented in the Steam game uh, doesn't there's a tutorial and all this stuff, but I feel like it did, they just don't do a good job of really really explain, explaining how notations work and all the things that you want to keep track of as you're playing the game. And so it took us going through a whole round for then for us to realize, oh, okay, so basically what's going on is that all of us have the card, all of us have cards, but there are three cards that none of us have, and the three cards that none of us have correlate to who did the murder. Uh, and so you're basically going around in the circle and trying to figure out what cards people have or don't have in order to figure out who did the murder and i'm even the way i'm describing it right now doesn't do justice to the actual rules rules of clue i say all this to say that by the time we finished playing i had realized that it ba- the clue is basically just all my favorite parts of among us the thing i love the thing i love about <laughs> among us <laughs> like i'm not a big fan of being the killer and i'm not a big fan of lying even though i think i'm a great liar in among us i'm not i'm not a big fan of the actual act of lying do all that stuff the thing i love the most about among us is figuring out who did it by process of deduction like looking around and seeing okay who was here like who did you pass on your way to the thing you found the body all right everybody else is accounted for except for this person this person 100 did it and you realize that yes that person 100 did it i love that in among us and clue is a whole game that is framed around just that part of among us and i'm, I'm talking like clue came after among us i know clue came way before among us but you guys know what i mean <laughs> um but yeah no i'm like totally into clue now the 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 steam game and i'm looking forward to me and bear eventually streaming it up for the kind of funny vids channel on twitch in england it's called among do that was great imran you just beat hitman 3 what do you want to talk about it so okay let's be clear there's the there's no way to talk about this without spoiling the final level so like you kill people. Yeah, skip to the next time, like the next timestamp. If you do not want to know about this, I I didn't want to know anything about Hitman before I started playing it, so I understand. Just skip to the next part. Uh, the final level, blessing you beat this game too. Yep. That final level is not Hitman. Like, no, I don't, I didn't, re- I didn't really dislike it. Oh, I didn't really like it that much either. But like, so you you the Hitman structure is you have this big open area, you have two or so targets. And then you just, you know, find your way to kill them through mission stories or, like, finding them and shooting them or whatever. The final level is you were on a train, which is, by the way, a fantastic reveal of you open a door and it's like, fuck, you're yep. on a train. Holy shit. Then, That's cool. That's cool. Then it just gives you, like, this, this thing of find uh, the guy you're supposed to kill, who is obviously at the front of the train or at the back, and you can, you can kill anyone then you will not be punished for killing any non-target in this area because they're all bad people. They're all like Providence members. You can kill anyone, which I guess is like just saying, hey, grab a gun and just go fucking crazy if you want to. That's not how I played the three games up till then, which made that whole level feel like this weird fever dream of this must be what they showed MGM for Bond. This must be like mm. the th- the level they made, and they showed them. It's like, hey, we can make a good James Bond video game. This is the fucking GoldenEye train level. Yeah, if the, you just want to like w- like w- take a look at this. I, I remember talking to it uh, about it on I think IGN Review Crew, where it's like, yeah, it feels like it's straight up ripped from that train level of of GoldenEye, and it's mm-hmm. just yeah. it's a it, it's a James Bond level, but it uh, I think like a lot of the sentiment that like a lot of people have talked around is like making us excited for the James Bond game, but definitely a weak ending for this game. Yeah, but like, you, I mean, Imran, yeah, I think you, you nailed on the head in terms of the game in this level is, is basically asking you to, hey, just grab a gun and just murder everybody. But the thing that I appreciate about it and the thing that did halfway through that mission kind of opened my eyes to, oh, this is very much going for the James Bond thing was 
you're it's not only just pick up a gun and murder everybody it is hey you have access to guns but this gun has 10 bullets in it and for to get more ammo you're gonna need to take out the next two guys or the next three guys because you barely have enough bullets to get through whichever the thing is and so it it, it really is pushing you to have this combina- combination of you're 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 doing traditional shooting third person shooting but then you at certain points you do have to give up usage of guns and go back to melee or go back to sneaking and go back to spying around in order to get access to your next weapon so you can take out the next group of people which yeah. feels very james bond it, it's, it is very james bond but it's not hitman and i think like like i said i didn't like or dislike the level but ultimately i kind of wish there was like a big you know a really huge set piece uh that wasn't quite that. That was just like a big structure like the rest of the games have been. Because like, you could feel the first game had the most resources and like they kind of varied here and there as you went on. And like that felt like a kind of low whimper to end this series on. Granted, now they said like, oh yeah, no, actually we're not ending the series. There's going to be a ton more. But you know, like this is the world of assassination ending and I really wish that like it would, it had a bit more like bang to it in the way Hitman has bang, not in the way James Bond has bang. Yeah, Great I completely moment. agree. That was one of the things that I, I think I've talked about in, in terms of one of my um, critiques of the game is you only have what five or six levels in this whole game, um, or at least for that are new to Hitman Three, and one of them feels like it is being not wasted because I enjoyed the train sequence, but not a true Hitman level. Like yeah. I don't want to make contracts for this level. I don't. I'm not le- necessarily looking forward to escalations for this level unless they're done very, very well in a way that very much um, justifies why uh, justifies how linear it is. Um, it just doesn't feel like a Hitman level, and so I feel like I am left with five actual Hitman levels left in this game. And for what for how quickly I was able to get through those levels, like it it feels like a sh- a shorter Hitman game than the first two. Yeah, Craig. my question was, uh, you know, you talk about it not being a satisfying ending to the world's assassination, and I'm probably playing way too fast and loose in a very PR answer. But like, as Hitman is always this thing that's continuing to evolve and get new contracts and yada yada. Do you feel it? Is this the end? Is it like a definitive end of the story? That and that's why you're upset. Like, do you not feel like there's more content coming? I know they're in the same locations, but that would be the, the game is still ongoing. I don't, for me, as an outsider. Mm-hmm. hitman is such a here are your toys and we put them in this sandbox today go play with them and here's your toys and we put them in this sandbox and go play with them to the point where for me personally again as somebody who played uh, the first three levels of hitman 3 and want to get back to it i'm not in it for the story right like i see the cutscenes and whatever and i know it's there and yada yada but i'm just wondering how that patchwork works it's the damnedest thing i didn't care about the story at all the first game then at the end of the second game i'm like okay there's a cliffhanger here that's really cool and i kind of want to like see this out and then so I actually started getting pretty, like, into the story in the third game. And, like, it is a decent conclusion to the story. But okay. it is also, like, not as, like, it's a not a good gameplay conclusion. So, okay. like, it's, it's like when you, when you play Devil May Cry and it ends with, this, like, a fight thing. Like, that would suck. Or, like, and, the Joker boss fight in Arkham Asylum. You know? Yes. <laughs> this is what I always, I always talk about this in, like, classic video game stuff I hate. Of You play a game, you've been enjoying the whole time, and then you get to that final boss fighter level, and it's totally not what you've been doing the entire time. You're like, well, this yeah. sucks. I don't want to learn something new, nor do I want to play something that's half-baked because it's not even what you do in this game. Yeah. So yeah, with, with that, with the, the gameplay stuff, you're saying that you think story-wise it ends in a good place, but the gameplay of the train thing is not that that great as a end cap do you think if that level was earlier in the game that you would have enjoyed it more 
I think like it's weird because the pacing is sort of all over the place because there's a China level, which is like so incredibly huge and so complicated. And there's so many moving pieces. I could easily see if it weren't for the story, that just being the end because it feels like a final boss for this entire series. But like, I get like, it kind of feels like, okay, you do that. And the next level was like shockingly easy. Like I did it like 20 minutes my first time through, which usually takes me like two hours because I'm honestly like walking around exploring everything. But like, it kind of feels like that China level, it should be the end of the game. And the rest of it just kind of feels like extraneous, like, well, we got to finish the story too. So, you know, mm. here we go. That chi- that China level kind of almost does for me kind of feel like the end where the the way in which it kind of it, it ramps up and the, the the length of it and the the ba- basically everything that level means to the overall hitman experience i feel like does a great job of encompassing everything you you've wanted out of the road of assassination trilogy uh and i could have easily seen it seen it ending there and that being a satisfying ending whereas for the train scene i'm kind of split in both directions in a way where it does the thing that I don't love from video games that Greg mentions, right? Where you're you you play the whole game one way, and then towards the end, everything shifts, and they're like, "Okay, cool. Now you're gonna play the game this way out of nowhere." And I usually hate that when it comes to difficult boss fights or shit that ups the ante in ways that I just don't I, I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hitman does it in a way where I think it, it's kind of the opposite, where they give you this power fantasy to end the game with, which I think kind of is satisfying because throughout. Throughout three of these games, I've I've played them not murdering people. Like I've talked about the code that I have for Hitman, which yeah. is I'm only killing targets the and witnesses. <laughs> if you see what I did, you're dying. And if you're my oh, target, I didn't you're even dying. Kill <laughs> the blessed code is the, the best code. I'll not kill exactly. witnesses. I won't kill them. What are you doing? No, <laughs> Bless your yeah, monster. No, what not, are you if, doing? If you saw my face, you can't live. <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, he's a master assassin. Like, I get where you're coming from, Bless. You're master assassin. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else can be unconscious, but if you see my face and I see that pop up that says uh, uh, notice crime or whatever, it's over for you. You're not. But you know, if they're unconscious, level. they can't report you, right? <laughs> like, yeah, but like, theoretically, I finished that level and then it's still in the back of my mind, even as the credits are rolling on that level, <laughs> it's still in the back of my mind of like, he's going to wake up and he's going to tell on me. He's going to yeah. describe me to a to a police officer. He's going to write down or sketch down my face and all this stuff. They'll eventually come for me, and I cannot let that happen. I love and that so you phrase it as they'll tell on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll tell on me. These and we don't fuck with tattles. tattletales. We don't fuck with tattles. Snitches get stitches. Um, Hell yeah. But that's, that, that's my code. And uh, that last level of Hitman, after playing, what, 20 or so levels, 19 levels that are that shifting it to hey murder everybody and just and you like you are you are agent 47 there's a part in that last train level where you get to two people having conversation they're like oh yeah like he he's not so tough if you had to fight face to face he's not gonna stand a chance and when i I heard that i like the head I dude, I stood up and I was like, okay, bet. Like, I'm not even gonna use my weapons. We can fight <laughs> we can fist fight. And I took him out and it felt great. And like <laughs> it's I I'm 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 with you, Imran, in terms of yeah, this is definitely a twist on Hitman that doesn't uh continue what we know and love out of the world of assassination because I think the, the, the most appropriate way to end this game would have been a just a grand finale. Give me the biggest level, give me the most intricate thing, and let me let me really like put let's let's really push the gameplay boundaries of what this game is but i do think the way in which they ended it kind of try to go for that um uh empowerment feeling and i did i did feel that towards the ending yeah like i really overall really love that game and i love that trilogy quite a bit but like like as i was going through the train i'm like a train is such a cool set piece 
it's a shame they're wasting it on kill everyone when it should be a crowded train with people in it and like I have to kill one person there or even like combine it with the Dartmoor thing of like a murder on the Orient Express thing where like I'm trying to solve a mystery or also kill people there. Like I think there there's an option there that like would have been more interesting and I hope they revisit the idea with a less aggressive playstyle at some point. Speaking of revisiting, Greg, oh, the Division 2. <laughs> Yeah, uh, still obsessed with the Division Two. I forget when we talked last about the Division Two if we did it last week or not. But the short version, of course, they dropped that uh, PlayStation Five 4K 60 frames per second patch, which got me back in, which brought in Snowbike Mike. Gary's back in. Kevin keeps saying he wants to get back in, but he's not doing the homework like I tell him to do, so he's not <laughs> getting it done. Uh, Scott Lowe got back in. Then you know, I, just in general, you know, Khalif's uh, in it, uh, Andrea's in it. We're all out there killing again and doing it, and you know, it looks great on PlayStation Five, runs really well, but then it's just coming back to the gameplay and remembering how much fun that game is and you know uh, last night it was the nor- not the normal thing i guess but like i turned on the playstation 5 and i was like what do i want to play and i i thought about division i was like you know what no uh, I don't feel like getting into something. I definitely, I'm tired. I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, that's not what I want to do right now. And so I, I heard a little voice from the future class of gaming, Blessing, and he's like, Pathless, Pathless. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the Pathless. I That sounds probably right up my alley for where I'm at. As a short game, it's really beautiful. I know Bless loves it. Let's get into that finally, right? Because I played Cardo. I think I talked about that last week. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm trying to clean off my PlayStation 4 stuff that's been sticking around. And so I... Boot, and I know this isn't PlayStation 4, but older stuff. Uh, booted up Pathless, got in there, got off the boat, and got a text from Fran. He's like, hey, are you this reanimated event for Division ends tonight? Do you want to go for these stars? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> and, she ran with Fran and ran through you know an hour and a half left down the reanimated event, which is a global event they've been doing for the week, right? Uh, that dropped with the Resident Evil content because you can go through and do a bunch of Resident Evil apparel stuff right now. This one being that if you activate this event, uh, if you don't headshot people, they'll come back up and you have to fight them again after a little That's bit. That's kind of cool. It's awesome. And this is like what... The division gets so right in terms of, you know, we want to talk shit about Avengers, deservedly so, of there not being enough to do, let alone not enough villains, not enough characters and stuff. But not enough to do in period as endgame stuff. Like, this is what division gets so right of like, hey, for one week, you can go through, you can turn this optional thing on. When you do it, you know, you're earning stars because there's a whole litany of challenges to do that get you stars. Then you can take those stars and that you've earned and trade them in for caches that are for optimizations or exotics or whatever the hell you want to do. You can, you know, bank them for bigger things, keep them for little. And then on top of that, there was a just overall 10 level like battle pass to it. That I know this is all free. It's not like one of the paid battle passes, 10 levels to it. That this is what Fran was talking about. He's like, hey, I'm on the last one. If you want to grind out a bunch of these i can do it and i was like i'm on level eight but yeah if you're in i'm in and so we went and ran the um high-rise building where you go floor by floor clearing enemies for 100 floors or whatever you can save every three floors uh and we picked up from where we left off last week when we did some stuff with it got in there our you know again the division so well designed in this way of like you know i was doing one set of them fran was doing another set of them they were counting for each other so we just went through and like 30 minutes cleared it all out and both of us had everything for it and it was like oh great and it was that thing i love about the division where he's like you want to do a mission i'm like no i am done i am exhausted and going to bed and i feel accomplished (laughs) i've accomplished something tonight right like i finished off the tier i got the little skull i got the exotic cash i got the exotic whatever you know weapon out of it and stuff like yeah hell yeah and so it's so much fun right now being back into it let alone being back into it and having the game look better and run better than ever and have you know i know some people don't like it 
for the way I use multiplayer games, I enjoy the new party system for PlayStation Five, where you know there was one night I was on there and it was uh, me trying to get you know me Snowbike and I have been playing uh, on our on my streams on Wednesdays. We'll be doing it again this week, raising money for uh, Bink. You can find out on Twitter or go to kindoffunny.com slash Jim Lee right now. Uh, and you know I was doing stuff with him and Kevin wanted to play with us, but then was being Kevin about it. And then Joey got on to play Fortnite, and we were all just in you know a kind of funny chat room we had. And I eventually got I had to go talk to somebody else, so I left our party and went to another party and was talking to them while I was still playing Division with Snowbike Mike. Then came back in and ran off. And it's like it's fun right now because with the Warlords of New York, which of course is the year old expansion at this point, uh, if you put it in, you can jump right to level 30 and then you clear out all the stuff in New York and then you're right where the action is in DC. So you can be doing stuff with high level players. So I don't, I, it won't happen, but I had that glimpse that it just makes me so happy and I'm, I'm not, I'm not forcing it. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. But the other night, Jen was watching me play, and she was like, "Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should play." So I'm like, "Oh yeah, you want to play?" And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't show my excitement. You know, you show your uh-huh. excitement for it. I'm gonna. It's, it's a little flame right now. I can't go in there. You know, I'll blow it out. You gotta keep the fire, get the fire growing. Put some of that that dry moss in there. You know, I've seen uh-huh. people make fires. I've seen make people make fires. <laughs> I've seen people make fires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so because I'm gonna tell you what. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a dream come true to play. Like. 70 hours of Borderlands 3 with Jen, but if I can get her on Division, oh my God, it's over. Get her to it's watch over. one of Fran's menu streams. And oh she'll be my hooked. God, did you see this? Did anybody <laughs> else see this the other day? Like, I, I, I heard we about joke it. about Fran and the menus. Like, cause Let it, me when try you to play, find it. When you play with Fran, it is. All right, hold on one second. I get it, my man. Ooh, I'm ready to this. Ooh, well. And like, we, we do all these jokes. And like, yeah, I think it was Monday or Sunday. I was like, I'm going to play some Division. And I jumped in to play the Division. And I saw Fran online and i was like oh man i i I, maybe i should just jump into his game and play with him and i was like you know what i turned on twitch and sure as shit he's just fucking his thing was called menus i he he when i started watching which i don't know if this helps or hinders him once i saw that he was doing it i put it on while i played division i didn't join his voice chat i didn't do anything i just watched his stream he had already been going for two hours just going through his loot in his loot table and filling out his (laughs) and then he went another fucking hour while i watched him (laughs) Look at that. Builds, menus, and music. That's what his fucking stream was Anytime called. Anytime I raid and- Fran on uh, like a night that I'm streaming because he's like the only one still awake, he's just always on menus. Just all the time. <laughs> it's never I love menus. that. It's a niche. There's it 192 is. people that are like, you know what? This is what I want to you know, spend my time doing. And, it's, and I, I'm and all I, about that. I agree 100%. And again, like, I, you know, I didn't join. I play, I, it's one, I was playing the division. I was running my manhunts for the overall uh, manhunt for the season or whatever. And I was just listening to him and I was enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoy hearing, uh, Fran thinks and talks about the game in such a different level, a way than I do. You know what I mean? Where I am very much like, I, like he was like, a couple days ago, like I run still the demolition specialization, which is that uh, crossbow that explodes, right? That has been there since the beginning. And of course they've added like, I don't even know, three, four other specializations you can use. And Fran was trying to convince me to switch it out to go run something. And I was like, no, I understand that. And I could, there'd be something new to chase, which I'm, I don't need. There's tons of things to chase in this game. And it was just that idea of like, I, this is my build, but Fran is, the, and he was talking to me last night about it, right? Of just like, he is the guy that wants to be able to sample everything. He chases everything and is trying to constantly boil this down and get it somewhere. So I love it. God. It's awesome. And it's cool <laughs> to play with him. And it's cool to be back. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the only reason we fell off is the traditional reason we fall off of any game, I think, when you talk about what we do for a career, which is the next big thing came and you had to move on. And 
So like last year with Warlords, I was able to jump back on, but then whatever else came out in the spring or maybe the global pandemic came around Animal Crossing, I imagine. And, uh, you know, I had to switch off and I kind of put it on the back burner, forgot about it. A million things happened. And I think, you know, it's still sad to summer uh, in some regard because I am playing it and having such a great time and I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I am also being like, man, I wish Avengers was like this, man. Like I would love, you know, we're doing an MCU rewatch and every time I'm like, oh, I could go for it right now. I could go in there, but it's like, why would I do any of that? What is the point of it? Whereas the div- division is here are manhunts you can do. Here's this new thing to do. Here's this new battle pass to chase. Here's this item. If you want to go get it, like, there's so many different ways that no matter what I do in the division, and even when I jump in and help Snowbike Mike in New York, or I keep offering it to Kevin, but he just wants to play Fortnite, help Kevin. It is this idea that like, that's not the main stuff I'm out to help, but doing stuff with them still gives me XP. It still gives me new loot. It still gives me the chance to get, you know, a God roll off of an item or something and take it over there. And of course today uh, on a Ubisoft call, they just said that they, even though they're working on a Star Wars game, they're still going to support and make new division content in this year and next year, which is huge. Not Does that mean another Warlord sized expansion, which added New York and all that shit? Of course not, but it's still nice to know there's still stuff coming to that game. Hell yeah. Uh, before we move on to the topic of the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor. This episode's brought to you by Honey. We all shop online. Some of us a little bit too much, but whether you shop a little bit or a lot, you should have Honey. Here's the thing. It's super easy to install. You do it once, and then you're saving money for the rest of your life. I've been using it for years. Kind of Funny's been using it for years. Most people at Kind of Funny have been using it for years, and we have saved cumulatively thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars over time you install it in your internet browser if you have any computer i have it on all of my computers because why not you install it once it's just a couple clicks and then every single time you're shopping for anything online whether it's a big site like a bestbuy.com or something that's a little smaller with creators like etsy uh when you put stuff into your cart when you go to check out this little honey guy dances it applies the best coupon codes and then you're saving money anytime you've ever been buying something online and you see the discount code little section pop up and you're like man i wish i knew a code i wish i could save on shipping or save five dollars or whatever it is that's what honey's for you don't need to go searching you don't even need to think about it it does the thinking for you it finds you the best coupons that you can use and it is great uh we've saved money on a ton of stuff the hue lights behind me i saved money on thanks to honey so shut out if you don't already have Honey. You could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free. Installs in just a few seconds. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. You can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. And now, it's topic of the show time. Dots, dots, dots. You can write in questions, topic suggestions, whatever you want over on patreon.com slash games, just like Ja Rula did. Ja Rula, great name, says, I have seen so many people say that Xbox Game Pass is the best value in video games. And I keep asking, why? As someone that has a PS5, a Series S, and a PC, my Game Pass seems to be quantity over quality for any new experiences, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Will Game Pass ever have a barrage of must-plays? Will it ever be more than a very cheap way to play a bunch of really good old games? Will there ever be many quality Xbox exclusives? What am I missing here? Jesus. It's a big, big question. I was going to say, can you paste this into Slack for me? Because that's a, there's a lot going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure I, I mean, can break it down bullet point by bullet point and tell me he's an Absolutely, idiot. absolutely. I'll send it to you guys. But essentially, it boils down to, you know, the, the phrase has been Xbox Game Pass is the best value in gaming. Yes. And so it's really kind of breaking that down and asking, is it 
And if not, why? I mean, my question is, what else would, would it be? Well, like, what else could be the best value in gaming? Yeah, I guess like, theoretically there must be a best. Like, there isn't like there there has to be one thing that is better than the rest. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we're in, we we're entering a generation now. We've entered a generation now where full price games are moving up to seventy dollars, and gaming is just getting more and more expensive. And with yeah. that, like, there's not many places to go where you can get a truly great deal. Like, Steam has a lot of great deals after the fact, right? When when games have, have gotten a bit old and they go on steam sales and stuff right like you can find a lot of great deals there you can find a lot of great deals on on psn sometimes or on i was gonna say the the eShop, but definitely not for actual nintendo games but like you know you can you can you can go to different stores and different uh services and stuff and find great deals here and there and you have things like free ps plus games and stuff like that but for what for uh, for the thing that me and emron are saying currently right where it's like all right what are you going to compare it to Xbox Game Pass right now as a service for what it costs versus what it offers, I think is doing that better than any other service available. Like right now I have my Xbox Series X open on my monitor and I'm looking at some of the most popular games. And right now it's Minecraft, Forza Horizon 4, Rainbow Six Siege, Sea of Thieves, which I, I was playing a couple of weeks ago with friends through Xbox Game Pass, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, the list goes on. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to compare, to compare it to anything. I think but, like... Yeah. Oh, sorry. oh, please. Go, go ahead, Darren. Please. No, no. So time's there, running out. You go. <laughs> there, was, there was a bit in there of like the must-have games that are not on Game Pass. And I think that's kind of misunderstanding what Game Pass is supposed to be. Like it's never so – it would be great if it were like, oh, yeah, we have games that are the equivalent of the Sony first-party catalog. Like we have – if you don't want to pay for Last of Us 2, here's Last of Us 2 for free. That would be a fantastic deal if that's not what this is. The reason those games get made is because they're not coming on services like this. But like it is – like a a collection of games that are not necessarily must plays but maybe should plays or maybe want to play stuff like that like i don't i would not pay 60 dollars for crackdown 3 crackdown 3 on game pass is a pretty damn good deal actually like we were talking about cyber shadow last week you could buy cyber shadow on ps5 or ps4 whatever switch all that stuff but also it's just on game pass so just play it on game pass like ace combat is there streets of rage is there these are not games that make you like go oh i need to buy a console for these games but they're like i have this console i want something to play i'm bored i don't like my friends are i I, i'm a part of a podcast i have a need a thing to play this week like that is the kind of thing that game pass does great for yeah yeah that that's for me, the way to look, I look at Game Pass and think about Game Pass as a consumer, again, not as like someone whose job depends on this stuff, right? Is that Game Pass, and the, you know, this is always goes back to the argument people want to make when we don't like a game or I like a game that isn't that great. And like, Greg doesn't understand the value of $60. Like, I do. And I think that Game Pass eliminates the need for you to ever have a back catalog, to ever have a backlog, I should say, backlog of games. The, the games that are shrink-wrapped sitting there, like, oh, I never got to it. Oh, I, d- I did it right away. I downloaded it. Like, if you know you're not going to get to something, why wouldn't you wait to see it fill out, right? Because it is looking at Game Pass right now, and I had gone through and made notes, right? Yakuza, Katana Zero, Streets of Rage 4, Doom Eternal, uh, Fallen Orders there. Uh, there's old stuff, too, that I'm uh, trying to dodge around to go that are great games, but Cardo, uh, Darksiders Genesis, like... Haven, which is getting written up right now. I just saw a Kotaku article go around about how great that game is. Stuff like there's Spirit Fair. Like if these are all games that, again, yeah, maybe aren't the ten out of ten must play. Stop everything you're doing. But I would venture to guess as somebody who has a lot of these on his hard drive that hasn't played them, they are games you didn't get to and you want to get to and you think you like. That's these are all Saturday afternoon gambles 
where you sit down and you're like, I oh, mean, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm not in the mood for that. What do I play? You pop one of these on and you go. And so as you sit there now and think into the future and think about your $60 and how much, or $70 in some cases, how much your money's worth to you, you go, okay, should I buy this game that I'm not going to play right away? When I know, I don't know for a fact, but you can stand as a reason. A lot of them will come eventually to game pass that you get around it. And this will game pass ever have a barrage of must play. That is one question unto itself. Like that, I would argue it does already have those. They're games you've already played. You know what I mean? You're already, you're, you know, you're being dismissive because you own a PlayStation five series S and PC. That's fine. That's great. You play a lot of games. I get that, but those exist already that are there. And then even like as the king of old game is old, well, ever be more than a very cheap way to play a bunch of really good old games like again to your guys's point well that's not really the point of it the point of it is to get yeah xbox first party stuff on there but to have then a whole bunch of really good stuff that you probably missed monster hunter worlds on there i fucking adore monster hunter world let alone to be able to get it for as part of your two years old though i mean sure but i'm saying how many people didn't play it like didn't take the chance on it how many people bought it and let it sit there or gave it two seconds and then bounced or whatever yeah, that's, I mean, that's all true. And I think that with that lens, that Game Pass, absolutely. I think Game Pass, no matter what, no matter how you look at it, is an amazing value. And it's an amazing deal. I do think that the, is it the best value in games? I personally don't think it is right now. And I think that that's just because I look at things where I'm like, I would rather pay $60 to get Last of Us 2 than uh, to be pl- playing a bunch of games that either I didn't buy in the first place, have played before, or, you know, I'm looking forward to exclusive titles come in xbox that so far they haven't really been my my bag with the exception of of ori and gears 5 uh but like you know the medium come wasn't really my thing and all that but i still think that where i don't agree with you guys is that that's not the point of game pass i definitely think it's the point of game pass i think that they just don't have that stuff but they want that stuff it is the missing piece yeah because they like look at the netflix model right which is what this is and it's essentially we're going to have a lot of quantity. We're going to have those, the sta- like the, the staples, like the office and things like that, that we know people are just watching every night when they're going to sleep or the, the SVUs or whatever the hell it is, whatever people's comfort food is, right? But Netflix also has the original starting all the way back with House of Cards. And as it kind of has went on, we can now rely on at least a couple surprise Netflix originals every year. You know, and yeah. that is a thing where people are saying for that. But there there also is an understanding that at this point, Netflix is not the dominant king. And especially now with Disney Plus coming up and, you know, HBO Max and all the other competitors. And now with things like the comfort food of the office being taken off of Netflix and moving away. That's what Xbox Game Pass has right now is it's old school Netflix where it has all of these third party licensing deals, especially with EA Play and all that stuff, where it is the glory days of everything that isn't exclusive is going to be here. It's going to be a little later, but these are the video game equivalents of sitcoms and of, you know, these kind of like the comfort foodie type uh, procedural shows, which is what you're talking about. The Monster Hunter Worlds, the Jedi Fallen Orders, these games that are great games, but they are old games and you can get yeah. them cheap. Maybe not this cheap, especially with the deals going on with uh, Game Pass. And I think that that's where it gets even more crazy is when people are getting Game Pass Ultimate whatever for a dollar. <laughs> it's like, well, it's hard to argue that this isn't the best value in gaming because you're essentially giving it away. That even if you don't use it, it's still worth the dollar. Yeah. Right now it is like, a, I don't want to say a money sink for Microsoft, but it is a thing that like, it, there are plans in place to make this framework build out. Like I was thinking not too long ago, Yakuza Like a Dragon is not a Game Pass game. 
It is a game that you buy for however many dollars. That game is about a character who really likes Dragon Quest. Let it. Let's say you buy an Xbox, you bought Yakuza, you play that game. You're like, I don't know anything about Dragon Quest. What Game Pass allows you to do is go look up Dragon Quest on that on the Xbox. See Dragon Quest Eleven is there. And be like, all right, I'll sign up for a little bit of Game Pass to play this game because this other game is telling me about it. And there's like an interesting little feedback loop there of. Everything you do on the Microsoft ecosystem is designed to keep you within the Microsoft ecosystem. And I think Game Pass needs to get there with its quote-unquote original programming as time goes on. But like that, like you were saying, is the missing piece right now of it would be great if we did have that Last of Us equivalent in Perfect Dark. I don't know if it's going to be the Last of Us equivalent, but who knows? Let's optimistically say yes, that like the initiative is their Naughty Dog and they're making a real big-ass game out of it. Like That needs to be on there at some point. It's Microsoft can only go. It's coming. Please don't worry for so long. Mm-hmm. But do you think I, that'll like? Th- I have a two part question with that. Do you think that that will ever actually change? Because I feel like when we look at the Xbox lineup for the last decade, I feel like we're constantly being like, "Well, they're going to eventually get there, and we're eventually going to have this rollout of titles." And I believe it more than ever now, based on their acquisitions and how long it's been since this is all happening. And now that we're we have the next gen consoles, Game Passes multiple years old down and been going but then the other side of it is we already know about the bethesda stuff are these games going to be exclusive on the on xbox and game pass even if they're not exclusive they will be on game pass which means that like you will have a comparison of oh here's uh starfield on ps5 for 70 dollars 70 fucking dollars that's a lot of money and here's it on game pass for nothing and like that is going to be a comparison that Microsoft is going to like scream from the hills of yeah sure if you got a PS5 and I know like the PS5 is almost certainly going to win an install base between the two of the generation like you could pay the seventy bucks there or you can give us a little bit of money and like get uh, Starfield for free plus Streets of Rage plus all these other games that are that's also, the Achilles like, heel right is like when the marketing ads run and it is Starfield or whatever the hell game it's going to be from Bethesda we're talking about right and even X or no just Bethesda sorry. Uh, when it ends and it shows the Xbox logo and it's like, play, play it now for $14.99 or whatever. And then you have people going into the store trying to buy it. Wait, it's $70? Well, yeah, it's $70 here, but if you already you get, oh, well, fuck, what's Game Pass? And you get explained to it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those experiences are coming. You, you, and I know, I'm right there with you, Tim, where you're saying, we've been saying that forever, that Xbox is going to you know, respond with a first-party lineup. Like, are they really coming? They are really coming, and I think you do see that. We continue to see Xbox invest in first parties. You talk about Hellblade. You talk about the initiative. You talk about well, – I went from game to studio there, but you understand what I'm talking about. Um, you talk about all these different studios we've seen them bring on and the projects they're working on. Like That clearly is going to pay off eventually where you are going to get Halo and you are going to get Perfect Dark and you are going to get a grounded final release that comes out and so on and so forth. Yeah, my yeah. thing is, I, I like in in terms of what the future for the actual software that's coming to Game Pass is for what we're talking about. We already have those games laid out for us for the most part when we look through their studios. Like three for three is working on Halo. Halo Infinite is going to come out this fall or next year probably. Uh, we got Arcane. Arcane is working on uh, Deathloop, which is going to come out on PS5, but it'll eventually be on Game Pass. And there, Arcane is eventually going to make more arcane games and we can say the same thing for machine games right but indiana jones is the thing that's announced that'll probably be on game pass and we can go studio by studio and even though yeah for the last generation game pass and the output from xbox has been relatively 
unexciting. And 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 I and I do and I do feel that same kind of domino effect of okay, well, we keep saying look forward to it, look forward to it, and it's, right. it's never here. I think at this point, it is very it, it's very visible what's on the table. And like I, we all like we all understand too that like games take time to develop and deals kind of take time to to settle in. And so even with the arcane death loop thing, you know, like that's a deal that's going to take some time to settle in. And so that game's going to have to come out on PlayStation Five exclusively exclusively for some time before eventually they are going to be um, uh, settled in as an Xbox exclusive studio or an Xbox game studio, I guess. Uh, that stuff that we can act that that stuff that I think for us kind of on the inside we can look at and be able to par- parse out and be okay no this is there, like there's a there's a plan here like i don't know if i'm i don't know if it's going to be a comparable thing of when is last is part two coming to game pass because i don't know i don't know if that's what xbox necessarily even wants you know like I, i'm sure perfect perfect dark from them oh, they is do. gonna is they gonna do want it they just don't have it <laughs> yeah but like is but is that does that matter though do they need that I, you know i, I don't think, think it, they do I mean, I, I definitely think that they do for for Game the, Pass, yeah, for Game Pass, for, to for the Xbox. Argument. To, to the, arguments able, are, the argument's already there, though, right now. Yeah, but see, that like at some point it becomes this this weird like the anti-consumer argument of just like, well, it's making them a lot of money and it it works this way. But it's like, what that what's that going to result in? A bunch of we often say like, oh, it's a it's a perfect Game Pass game, and it's like we should be I, holding we're not going to say that about Perfect higher. Dark, though. I mean, that, you mark your words here. Are we not? Yeah. And and I and I I don't I don't want to do the thing where it's like you know it 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 could be cyberpunk it could get all it could be all these different things, but for what the big for what the big plan or let's use Starfield <clears throat> Starfield as an example right like <clears throat> Starfield isn't going to come out and at its best we're not going to say oh it's good for a, a Game Pass game like that is a big triple a game that we're gonna look at I mean, alongside something like 76 was of, our last game 76 was not good so who knows yeah i mean who who knows 76 is also a multiplayer game and all co-developed by by other guys and all, all this different stuff but like for for what we're looking at from microsoft game studios at their best those games aren't good for game pass games those are those are top tier incredible games i mean you're but you're talking about a lot of potential <laughs> that we haven't actually seen like, that's the problem is like when you're talking about timeline of we know what's coming, it's like mm-hmm. what's coming in the next year? Because everything you said is not the next year except for Halo. And even that is like, is that believable? And at that point, is it going to be good? I mean, Hellblade, we Hel- we're going to get Death- Hellblade 2 soon and Hellblade it's 1 now. Deathloop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo are both a year exclusive starting May 21st for Deathloop. So the earliest Deathloop can come to Game Pass is May 21st, 2022. So I'm going to throw sure. this out there. Like, this is a thing that, like, we're not really talking about, but Microsoft made a, a fairly large deal with EA to put EA's, like, library onto Game Pass. What's to stop them from making that deal with their third parties? What's to stop them from saying, hey, Ubisoft, do you want to put Uplay shit on here? Like, we'll feed you some money from Game Pass. And, like, the new Assassin's Creed launches day and date on Game Pass. Or not even day and date, even a couple of months later. And you've already That's seen them do that with that Luna stuff, right? Where they have the Ubisoft Luna channel. Clearly, they're open to those kind of partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that makes a compelling case for Game Pass, especially like the more you can take like big titles that are on PS5 and say, you're not going to play this day one. You're going to play this like day 70. So, like, why not just wait until it's on Game Pass at that point? Like, the more you can make that argument, the more it takes away from the PS5. Not even from a competition perspective, from a like, from a system ecosystem perspective of you want to be subscribed to as many Xbox things as possible because they all feed into each other really well. 
and that works out better for them like their monthly activation numbers and all that like totally that gives them the benefit they want see what's interesting there for me is like looking at the bethesda situation and, and granted but the bethesda thing is different than anything else because microsoft straight bought them and there's mm-hmm. pre-existing things so for other people i don't think they're going to buy ubisoft but making some type of licensing deal yeah deal. i wonder how hard that would get with sony not wanting them to do it you know because it's like that is such a fuck you to their partner sony uh if you can get the game cheaper on the xbox platform I mean, has EA has. really suffered anything? Like, but is EA putting out its new games, though, or isn't that just the older stuff? It's, it's the stuff that goes into the vault. So, like, I think Fallen Order took about nine months, but most games come faster than that. Yeah. But see, I think that's totally different than the, a new Assassin's Creed coming out right. day and day. I, I'm thinking, like, four months, five months for that sort of thing. Like, I don't know exactly when the tale of Assassin's Creed game starts, like, dropping off, but I would guess it doesn't last six months. So I think Ubisoft is a logical answer of like, okay, this will be part of your Game Pass membership as well. Like, I don't know. I remember there was a long time that EA had a hell of a time getting EA Play or whatever the Origin. God, what the hell is the name of that service now? The Ubisoft one? No, the EA one. EA Play. Is it called yeah. EA Play? I thought EA Play it was is. the E3 conference. I think it's both. It's both. Okay. I think they're both, what? yeah. Whatever they name things badly. Anyway, like very good host though. <laughs> very good host. <laughs> they had a lot of trouble getting uh, EA Play onto PS5 or PS4 because Sony just didn't want it. Like they did not want that type of service on their console. Eventually, they agreed to it, but this has just been that. Like if Microsoft is making a stronger argument to say a Ubisoft to say a Take Two, I'm trying to think of another third party that has a similar service, but I can't. But let's say to a Ubisoft then like it might just be, hey, Sony, we'll do this for you as well, but they're giving us money and you're not. So Yeah, that would that would be interesting where you put it in Sony's, you know, yeah. yard where it's like, hey, we're, we, you can have it, you just don't have that service. <laughs> but I still don't think they need that. Like I, I, I think we're still discounting that the the fact that I think for what Game Pass is currently it is doing extremely well. And if they go business as usual and just do the thing where they put out their first party games on Game Pass, it is already like a magnificent deal that I don't think really needs much more to justify it as a powerhouse. Like for the for the games that we've listed already that are on Game Pass, like we talk about Yakuza, there are Final Fantasy games on there. There's a bunch of different incredible stuff on there, let alone indie stuff we see come day and date to Game Pass over the years. And so like Outer Wilds, when that came out, it was already on Game Pass. Um uh i can't remember this procedurally generated first person uh shooter roguelike game that people like that you're in space comic book style void void bastards void bastards yes void bastards was day and day in game pass streets of rage 4 like there's there are already a great list of games coming out day and day and then when you add in first party microsoft stuff like you know i i get i i know i know it comes back to the argument of what have you done for me lately but still like i think you know the, the the games that they have working on, or the game the, the games that they are working on, I think, are good enough to justify that. Like way beyond just being quote unquote like what we look at, at as the medium as a Game Pass game. Like the Fable when it comes out is going to be still way more than that. Uh, uh, you know I mentioned Hellblade too. Like this is a lot of counting chickens before they hatch, though. Like we're mm-hmm. assuming all these games are good or will come out or like. You know, I mean, but we can't we can't assume that twenty three studios aren't going to put out games though, right? But, but I mean, like, can't we though? For the last like 
10 look years. At, look at the beginning of the Xbox One generation and how much just didn't happen. Like, I, I bet these games come out, and like, I think, you're, mm-hmm. I think you're probably right. These games are going to come out, they'll probably be quality. I think the problem is, I guess, like, not to mince words here, but if not for Game Pass, the Xbox, these two new Xbox consoles would be absolute failures. I mean, 1000%. Like, like, they're not, the ga- games are not super quality right now, and they're not coming out at a fast enough clip. But there's nothing next gen about this besides Game Pass being a cool service. But we're also talking about studios that have been acquired within the last three years like right. microsoft's game studios has increased in size dramatically and so yes. we're comparing beginning of xbox one generation and beginning of series x generation xbox we're talking about two very different companies where back then they're putting out games right like there was uh the the um rome you know Ro- yeah <laughs> rise, the, the, son, of rise son of rome and like but there was know, like Halo a canceled fable and, game there was a canceled platinum game there was a canceled phantom dust game like yeah and like all all that i think was just a result of xbox just not operating well at the time you yeah. know like every, everything about xbox in 2013 versus xbox in 2020 is straight up 180 and now like when you look at their studio studios there seems to be a plan in place at the very least and one that we can you know, trust is a weird word, but it's, 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 a, it's a plan we can look at. And for me, at least, I can go, okay, I'm comfortable with this. Like, this seems like it's going to go in a good place when you look at both the Bethesda and non-Bethesda sides of Xbox. Like, they seem to be firing uh, on, on the cylinders that they need to. Maybe not on all <laughs> cylinders yet, as we perceive. But where they need to, they seem to be firing. I mean, I just struggle to, to stand with you saying that. But it's like, look at what happened to Halo Infinite. Yeah, but that's one game. Halo but it's like the it's, game. It's yeah. a weird argument because, like, actually, it's probably better they delayed it. <laughs> like, it it's a good it's a good sign for Microsoft Game Studios that they're willing to go. Hey, Halo is our marquee title, but we're not going to release a bad one. Well, mm-hmm. we will delay it into next year before we release a bad one. Unfortunately, what that says about the Xbox as a like thing you should buy right now is not great. But what it says about Microsoft Game Studios is actually pretty encouraging. That's true. Yeah. It's interesting to look and think about it like Disney Plus, where, you know, Mandalorian happened. And then when there was no Mandalorian, everyone's like, what the fuck's the point of this platform? Mm-hmm. When the point of the platform is all the Star Wars movies are there, all the MCU movies are there, all that. And now that we're in this, thank God, new era of WandaVision coming out and all the MCU shows and the Star Wars shows and all the other stuff that they're, they're going to have. All of a sudden, people are like, OK, I understand why I'm paying for Disney Plus now. Like, this makes a lot more sense. But Disney Plus also dirt cheap. And it also had so many deals to make it even dirt cheaper uh, over the last like two years. And it's also so got it's like, Mandalorian and WandaVision. You know? But that's the thing is it has those and it yeah. has those consistently going to continue. Yeah. And it does yeah. have High School Musical, the musical, the series, the Christmas special that wasn't that good. Uh, but can't <laughs> wait for season two. Can't wait for uh, season two. But, but my point is it's like I, that all happened within the course of a year of them building up to that. And now, now we're here and it's going to be good for the rest of time. Whereas with game pass, it's like they're building up and they have that old school Netflix model. But I do think that like to Imran's point of what is the things that make Xbox special now, like now for this year, for 2021. And it's like, Oh, if it's just a good place to play games cheap, then absolutely they nailed it and they're going to continue to nail it. And I, I do wonder the sustainability of it though, because they're Microsoft spending money on this and they have money to spend. Like it's not that they can't do this, but if they were to go out and pay Ubisoft for a library, they're paying Ubisoft for that library. Like they do this deal with Disney plus to get a, you know, if you sign up for game pass, you also get the Disney plus stuff. It's like every, the money's just getting spread more and more and more in different ways. And it's like, at what point does that change how these games are being made? 
So when we do get these Xbox exclusive games, we're still saying, oh, it's a Game Pass game. Like in the same way we say, oh, it's a Netflix movie. And we know what that means. You know, mm-hmm. like for a Netflix movie to like be something really special, like when Marriage Story was on uh, on Netflix, people didn't call that a Netflix movie. It was a good movie that happened to be on Netflix, whereas 90% of the other movies you watch on Netflix, we are like, it was there. So yeah. I watched it. I had to watch something. You know? There, there is definitely a path for Microsoft to like grab the narrative on Game Pass and not, not just go like, this is an alternative to $70 games, but to go like, this is an undeniable, inarguable place to play the best games. That opportunity hinges into almost entirely on them and their ability to put out those games themselves. Because like, obviously they're never going to get like Sony first party games, which are like industry leading single player titles. It is exceedingly unlikely that say like Resident Evil 8 will be like a Game Pass launch game, maybe somewhere down the line, sure. But like at launch, almost certainly not. But like for them, the ones who are control like pulling the strings on this, if they can deliver those things, if they can deliver Hellblade with cinematic lighting and um uh what else Perfect Dark and Halo and I'm sure there are a bunch of other like Fable and all that stuff. Indiana Jones, all those get like I I was thinking the other day. I am so excited about a new Wolfenstein and like the idea that like one day a Wolfenstein will just come out and it'll just be on game pass. And like, I don't have to like do anything. It'll just be there. It's exciting to me for some reason. Cause that's like a new, that is a new idea in video games that like ever since I didn't have to like go out to a store to pick up a copy of a game. Like this is the biggest new change for me. Like if Microsoft can fire on those cylinders, as blessing said, then like that'll be enough to actually make that argument super well. I, I'm kind of like circularly going back to like the original question: Is Game Pass the best value in video games? I think I'm going back to the original thought Blessing had of, yeah, it's the best, but not its competition. For, yeah, there's not because it's fulfilled its potential. It's because it's fulfilled some of its potential because like fundamentally the value is really good, but yeah. it could be so much better. Yeah, and I, I I think that's that that's the thing I'm more focused on is the fact that we're, for what Game Pass is currently, I think it's already a fast, fantastic place. And if that potential is fulfilled in two years, in three years, that's going to be enormous or enormous for Xbox and Game Pass. Because Tim, I definitely agree with you. Where we look at 2021 for Xbox, and it's like, all right, this is very unexciting. You know, if you look at launch, if you're comparing Xbox Series X launch to PlayStation Five launch, for example, or even bringing Switch into the mix in terms of game libraries and an exclusive lineup like it's just not it's not there um but i still i guess i just have the faith that it'll it'll be there because of the acquisitions and because of where these studios are at um yeah. but then also when we when we when we look at it at, at a comparative sense of what is this competition i think the netflix and disney plus analogies are interesting because it's similar. Game Pass is similar in terms of it is this first party service that is looking at having a back catalog of, of great software and then also software that's going to come day and date on that platform specifically. But I think the thing that the, the thing that makes it apples and oranges a little bit for me is there is no Disney Plus to Game Pass's Netflix, right? Like there is no Hulu. There, like, Game Pass is Game Pass and it's the only service that is doing it like Game Pass. We can bring in PlayStation to the mix. And we can bring it. We can bring. We can bring in like the first party libraries. But I think that's more comparing platforms and consoles, uh, cons- console libraries more so than 
a subscription service where I can pay a dollar to then have access to all these games and not worry about it. And that'll, that stuff will be available on xCloud or whatever service I want to, I want to use. I mean, but and, doesn't PlayStation have that with the PS Plus PlayStation, collection? Yeah. Oh, you want PlayStation Plus? No. Plus. I mean, because even that's not growing. But I mean, but it, that's a collection of games that are a lot of, are exclusive to it that aren't on Xbox Game Pass ecosystem and never will be because they're PlayStation owned. But it is their back catalog of games. Mm-hmm. But I, my my thing still is that game one Game Pass is growing and like has way more games, uh, and then also like they're including they're, they're including new stuff like PS Plus collection. I think is a cool thing for people who are coming into the platform new or want access to the what, is it like thirty games that are on there. But that is so limited that I just I don't think it's comparable at all. I think the comparable thing would be PlayStation, PlayStation Now. Now, yeah. yeah. Which, but see, I, I, didn't, I just don't agree because you said the Disney Plus. Like, to me, I look at it as Disney Plus of like, okay, cool. Disney Plus grows very, very slowly with its content, but it has every MCU movie in the same way and Star Wars movie in the same way that that collection. It has Bloodborne. It has God of War. It, it has Ghost like, of Tsushima, though. It doesn't have like Spider-Man Miles Morales. But will it eventually? We don't know. But I don't even think it needs mm-hmm. it to, to, to be able to be in the conversation. I'm not saying it's better than necessarily. But I do think that if you're just talking pure value, at some point you can look at the dollars that it costs and look at the quality of the games and be like, this is more vibe, this is more vibe, depending on your tastes. For sure. I forgot what we were talking about, honestly. I was like, really scared I, for a second that uh, <laughs> like the Discord call froze. I was like, oh God. <laughs> oh no. Uh, my, my two cents, PS Now is like one of those things that like looks cool. And like, it, it, I feel like they just need some tweaks, just some little tweaks to make it, uh, uh, give it a fighting chance against Game Pass and like the talking points, you know, uh, like figure out how to get PS3 games downloadable, uh, get more, I don't know, get more relevant games. And then I on figured, there. oh wait, they, you can only download PS4 games. You can only download PS4 yeah. and PS2 games. Uh, everything else you have to you have to stream through, which sucks. When I, whenever I want to play Batman Arkham Origins, and I'm like, oh man. You you play as bad as I remember, and also it's worse because I'm streaming through fucking PS Now. <laughs> I think like streaming is also going to be like one of those things because I remember blessing you t- telling me that once you download it, set a game to download, you just you just stop wanting to play that game. So I feel like yeah. streaming is like the next answer for how you make Game Pass a more viable thing. Mm. Is yeah, like like just when you click a game, like option download stream, and like I think that is do a what Stadia couldn't do. Honestly, at this point, why not just license it? Well, I guess you have your own thing at this point. Yeah, like, you have xCloud. Like, they're building yeah. towards that. That is what I expect to be the next step for Game Passes. Like, right now, looking at my Game Pass library, and I, cl- and I click something, right? And the first thing is install. I'm, su- I'm surprised there isn't already an option right now to play through xCloud while you wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say Game Pass is, like, the way that it's presented and the way that, that your games have the little logos and stuff, it's like... It is great. And like they really have a fantastic foundation that they've built. And like getting the install base, I mean, I'm looking now, they got 18 million Game Pass users, 100 million active Xbox Live Gold. So it's like getting that them to transition up is going to be the, the big challenge so they can get that, that one number to be able to, to always say and like get the you know, investor cred for. Which is why I did that really dumb Live Gold thing a couple of weeks ago of like they clearly want that game, our game Pass number to be higher. Mm-hmm. And there's only so, like the only ways you can really do that are to make Game Pass a better service via the library or to force people to do it. 
they chose violence. They chose the the forcing <laughs> people to do it. I think now that that didn't work, they have to do making Game Pass a better service. Yeah, I mean it, it's going to be interesting because like they, uh, there's Phil Spencer said in October 2020 on an episode of the Drop Frames podcast that their current pricing model for Game Pass at this point was considered completely sustainable despite concerns from some developers that they were undercharging for it and that Microsoft have no plans to raise the price in the near future. Obviously, that's a lie. Near yeah. future, that's that can change and be whatever. Yeah, but says that shit every week, every fucking year. And then they raise, they the, raise the price. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the thing but is it, like once, once, once you hit that point in a year or two where you do where your games start coming out and you do have Doom Eternal two or whatever the next Doom is and you have you start having those games actually start flowing. If I'm Microsoft, I'm raising the price. I'm immediately being like, all right, you're paying three, four more dollars for this thing a month. Remember when games came or started being sixty dollars, and Microsoft was like, we're not going to do that. First party Microsoft games will be cheaper; they'll be fifty bucks. And then they published Gears of War, and Gears of War is sixty dollars. Like, well, we didn't really make this, so it's not really first party. So we're gonna, it's going to be sixty dollars. Then every every gear after that was sixty bucks. I think that's kind of what this is going to be. Is like, well, well, this is kind of different. We need to improve Game Pass for whatever reason. So it'll go up once, and they'll just keep going up. And, and honestly, that's my thing. Is like it has to. Like for this yeah. to be sustainable, like him saying it's completely sustainable. It's like I am struggling to understand how that could make sense, especially with how rapidly they are growing and how many new things that they're they're pulling in, buying Bethesda, but then also having uh, the EA Play connection and all that stuff. It's like because looking at the numbers, they have their 18 million right now. HBO Max only has 37.7 million right now. And granted, HBO Max uh, came out a lot later and is only in America right now. And only so it's like, on like specific platforms as well. Yeah, so that's a, it's a much more limited pool. But that is completely shaking up how the, the film industry in Hollywood is working, where with all the Warner Brothers movies being put day and date on, in theaters where they can be and on HBO Max. We've been talking on, on other like entertainment content about like that is going to radically change and shift how movies are made and the prices and scales those movies are made at. But yeah. that is the thing that's going to get people signing into HBO max. That's the equivalent of Bethesda games, you know, coming to, to game pass and like these things that we expect a certain level of quality from, which we do from this slate of WB movies. Like the fact that Dune's coming to HBO max is insane. You know, that's like us talking about perfect dark coming to game pass in theory for what we expect that game to be. That's crazy that you'll be able to pay $15 a month or less with a deal. I played this game, but at what point is that sustainable or not sustainable anymore? I don't think I realize how close like the HBO Max Disney Plus thing is to actually Microsoft and Sony. It's crazy. Like, Disney, Disney Plus just being so hesitant to release their like big movies on this service, even though it's very clear we're not going back to theaters anytime soon. And Sony's like, yeah, no, we're not going to put like new first party games on PS now. So don't like, don't expect that. Mm. Yeah, and I, I really wonder like how it's going to net out at the end. Because I, I, I mean, they don't have to worry about it till Xbox tries has something to fight them with. It's literally the argument you've been making, right? Of like, cool, Xbox Game Pass has a bunch of games on it that are great games, but they're not the ones you're worried about. And you looked on this pipeline, you're like, when are those coming? Until play until they are dropping Halo and they are dropping Perfect Dark and they are dropping every Bethesda game and they are all awesome. PlayStation doesn't have to worry about it. PlayStation now is a great service that you know nobody ever talks about. Game Pass, the drum is beat so loudly all the time for, deservedly so. I think it's a great service, but like what? It's eight hundred games on PlayStation now now that are out there, and you want to talk about quality over quantity? You look through the list of games on PlayStation now. There's a lot of shit that I was like, I never would tell you to play this, but it's there for you to go play it or download it or stream it or whatever. But it's that thing of like 
PlayStation Now continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Quality over quantity, a different argument. But it is that thing that if the the corner ever got taken and if Xbox suddenly was finding a better success for it, I think PlayStation could counter and bang the drum for PlayStation Now. They just don't right now because they don't fucking need to. They sell consoles hand over fist. Their first party lineup is continuing to put out hit after hit and, and find huge audiences and game, game of the year awards. Like you don't need to actually confuse the message more with that out there. Whereas we've already talked about in this podcast, Xbox has to be out there banging the drum for Game Pass because that's all it fucking has. Otherwise, it is two fancy boxes that you're waiting for stuff. Sorry, Halo isn't here. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Before we end this episode, I want to go around the table, take some bets on what we think is going to happen with the Bethesda titles. Specifically, Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, and Indiana Jones. And the the options are whatever variation of how exclusive to Xbox are they going to be versus PlayStation. Hmm. I will bet what I was saying before, they will be on PlayStation, but they will be on Game Pass. And the the thrust of the marketing will focus on PC and Xbox. For all three of the all of the games that I all the games. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Emron too. I think I think all those games will be multi platform. Um, but will also be on Game Pass, and yeah, the marketing will be focused on on Xbox. I do think there will be games like uh, I think the next Doom, I think the next Wolfenstein, uh, and games of that tier will probably be Xbox exclusive. Okay, interesting. So you think that the would you say like the lower tier ones will yeah. be exclusive? Yeah, what's, like, the, I, what's I, the logic I, there? I think you get a you could I think in terms of money in terms of deals like Indiana Jones is the one that I kind of struggle with because that one I would that's that's a game that's coming out of Machine Games which is a, a very great developer absolutely loved Wolfenstein too but you know it I don't think it, it'll I don't think that's of the level of an Elder Scrolls or a Starfield in terms of the amount of potential and sales that those games have I think if you're Xbox and you in and you're looking at Starfield you're looking at that game as a game that is going to sell crazy on PlayStation and you want to make that money. Um, Indiana Jones, I don't know, like who knows what the what the deal is there with uh, Lucasfilm Games, and so that's why I'm like, okay, no, I could see that going to uh, on other platforms also. But I think the games that you can get away with it, those are the games that you that you, that you keep exclusive uh, in order to build up your library and build up Game Pass. And Xbox is a platform and all that stuff, which is why I think Doom, you know, whatever Deathloop Two is, like the 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 rest of the catalog for the most part, I think is going to be exclusive. Greg Miller. So what were the three you called out? Starfield, Indiana Jones, and what? And uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Thank you. But also bring in Doom and, and Wolfenstein. I think it's a tale of two Xboxes at this point. I, my, my knee-jerk reaction would be all of them are multi-platform, and all of them are on Game Pass. And again, it is every commercial ends with the Xbox logo and play it now for $14.99. Uh, and I think that harkens back to what Phil said before, that he thinks exclusives are dumb. You know what I mean? That that's not what they're moving for, and they want more people to be playing their games, and they want to be everywhere. And I think it does speak to them being everywhere. Usually we say that meaning Game Pass or whatever, but I think it's with all these different people you're bringing in and the fans that have already been established out there on those platforms, it's not like Hellblade. Where I think you know Hellblade Two being Xbox exclusive is a different thing because Hellblade One was a critical darling that a lot of people loved and found an audience, but I don't think the audience was so massive yeah. that they're sitting there like destroyed by it. And so 
to get here to these big uh, Indiana Jones for sure. I think is multi-platform everywhere. Starfield, I could see you trying to wrap that up. Uh, Elder Scrolls, I think is too big. I think you put it everywhere, and I, I think you want to take care of those audiences. But the more I, I talk about it, the more it just to me would seem to make sense that it is not only beneficial because you'll make the money off the games being sold on PlayStation. It is beneficial in the way that you go back to reinforcing the argument that we're having right now. And I do believe that Xbox is the best uh, or Xbox game pass is the best value in gaming because it will continue to gain value over time. And I think as you get into these things, it is a great marketing thing of why should you buy an Xbox? Well, you'd be getting all your games $55 cheaper, like right there. You know what I mean? You, you, you do this thing on the monthly and then you go, let alone the hundreds of other games you might've missed and not had and done blah, 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 that under that thing. I just think that's the way they've been marching in terms of their argument, in terms of their, their platform, in terms of getting Xbox onto your TV, onto your computer, onto your phone, onto your whatever. Like, I'm more sick of it than anybody. You know, we're talking about, like, Xbox has been saying the same things for exclusives forever. Like, I'm sick of saying that they are building this foundation and they're ready to capitalize on it and go for it. I'm ready for them to get out of the fucking blocks and show everybody what their plan is and who they are. And I think they keep doing chip damage. It's what we're talking about with Avengers last week, a couple weeks ago, right? Of just like, I don't want chip damage or I'm more on your side where you were. You want one big drop that fixes everything and here's what it is. But just like that, I think this is going to be way more drip fed in small things in small doses where you keep looking back and understanding what they've been doing and why they've been doing it and where they've been going. Yeah, it's interesting. I love I love how it's one of those things where when it comes to this topic specifically, the Bethesda thing, like there isn't an answer. Like, I don't even think that they fully know right now. Like, yeah, I think yeah, that there's but... a lot of conversations happening, but like based on everything you're saying where my head's at, I think that all of them are exclusive to Xbox and I wouldn't be shocked if they end up not being. And if, because they, the, you guys are making clear arguments that I side with, which is there's money being left on the table and there are that many PS4s, eventually PS5s out in the wild. Why would you give that up? But I do think that despite things that have been said in interviews and whatever, like exclusives do matter and they believe that and they want Game Pass to have those things. And I think that that would change the Xbox conversation into not only is it the best value, like I feel like it would then just be like, it is a, it is a must do, you know, it's not just a deal. It's a quality it's part product. of your life now. Like yeah. it's, it's like how everybody has Netflix. Like that has to be Game Pass. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that like it, that makes the most sense for them to make the acquisitions that they did to then use all those big hitters to hit hard with Game Pass. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think they have a lot of potential available to them for whatever they do next. It's just a question like, I've, Microsoft has very often made bad decisions. I hope, like Blessing said, like that era of bad decisions is over but we'll see we don't actually know they've not they've made a lot of moves since uh the restructuring around phil or phil spencer i don't know if they've really committed to them with their like full you know the full thrust of their organization yet or if they have if we've actually seen them pan out completely yet very interesting stuff well imran thank you for joining us for this last official kind of funny games cast we've appreciated all of your appearances very much we're about to do the patreon exclusive post show which will be a very special episode of bless who this one with a twist what is it bless it's a new game called that's the spirit 
Will it be me and Imran guessing spirits from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Ah, Probably boo. some variation <laughs> on that. Imran, again, where can people keep up with you and your latest shenanigans? Uh, you can find me and pretty much everything I do because I'm I'm too addicted to Twitter to ever quit. Uh, at Imran Z O M G. There you go. Till next time. Love you guys.